this is uh, This is Joe Cole. This is Ruben off the cheek, and you're listening to the London, the London is Blue, Blue podcast. podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode of the London is Blue podcast. As your host, Brandon, Joe, my host, Nick and Dan, and gentlemen, wheels down, feet on U.S. soil. Holy smokes, we did it. We're back. And uh, we're here at the Leicester City match of you, Dan. And what's also maybe bittersweet, I don't know, how are you feeling that apparently it wasn't all up to us being there and that people are probably no longer clamoring for us to stay? You know, the catalyst for change there it is. is sometimes unappreciated in the moment. But the catalyst doesn't need to remain to start the reaction, to start the change, to start the metamorphosis, Nicholas. And we did... Did you read your seventh grade science book before you showed up to today's pod? Uh, There there was no reading of science books on the plane back from Amsterdam to Seattle. We were in a cocoon, if you will, but then a metamorphosis happened and we emerged a beautiful butterfly. Uh, Yes. Talking about chrysalis? Which is very much (laughs) what we will be avoiding in this podcast, but we're going to be celebrating our third win in a row like I said, against Leicester City away. So again, we'll be talking about how the Foxes cannot foil our form. Havertz rediscovered, question mark, and a discussion on Mikhailo Mudrik after Potter works him back into the side. And I'm sure we will touch on some of the fantastic performances mm-hmm. throughout the match. So kicking it off, as always, Dan, uh, temp check from the people, the three-word match review. Yeah, I will say uh, DPZ, our good friend David Pastor, called out the fact that uh, maybe there was some favoritism showed to the Glanville clan for some forward match reviews that will be included today. They bought some GNTs, <laughs> and so uh, they bought themselves a, a forward match review. As you know, we can be bought. <laughs> clearly. <laughs> so, for, for copious amounts of GNTs. Uh, so Ollie Glanville with the easy as one, two, three. Just count that as like a hyphenated one, two, three. Uh, Mr. Rick Lanville with Enzo in the middle, as in, we've got Enzo in the middle. He knows Again, he, exactly what we need. He compounded in and the to one word, so. Exactly. Yeah. And, and yeah. Rick's a writer, so you know it's legit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There, there's a, a thought about uh, the politics of the English language, and uh, you know, if you're not breaking rules... Not doing it right. Uh, Def Jock Saddy with the Captain Mateo Kova kicks. It's uh, CJ. Uh, Corey, you, you, are, you are pushing the envelope here, my friend. <laughs> it sounds with better the, than Kova cul-de-sac. Yeah. Oh, boy. We yeah. saw him. Hey, just note in, in future three-word match reviews, if you want to string any words together with hyphens, Dan will count it as one word. We're good to go. <laughs> rough, rough. We had CJ with the Chelsea beat PGMOL. Huh? We weren't the only ones who had to try mm-hmm. to beat it this weekend. Uh, Stutes with the Grams piercing blues. Claire giving it the love for London Blue Pod. Impact continues. See, Brandon, the people haven't forgotten. The streets haven't forgotten. Never Garland forget. with the Y is VAR. Frenax with the let him cook, but <laughs> Cucurea, so C-U-C. <laughs> and then Shane with the Av- uh, Vadadra Kai Davra. With the spell from Avada Kaidavra. I'm assuming that's like Abracadabra. That's a Harry there. Potter reference, Brandon. Oh, it's, it's a it's, cultural it's, thing. Just, it's fine. I, I like that one. I, I, think, I think Shane wins this one. That was pretty good. I read like four of the books. Wow. Congratulations. Wow. 
Picture wow. of Owen Wilson. Wow. <laughs> I went with Potter has receipts. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Some people, and I said <laughs> this. I said this post Southampton. Uh-oh. Don't say shit you're gonna regret. Sure enough, you did. And some of you built YouTube channels off it. So hey, Potter has receipts. We'll see how it plays out. Dan, what about you? Chelsea playing volleyball. A lot of volleys. They were all excellent. Okay. I went with uh, outfoxing bullshit refereeing. Okay. For someone who just really, really had an opinion about... Outfoxing is actually a word. It's <laughs> a real word. Hyphenations and stringing. I'm it's just saying word. it was a tough day to uh, play a hyphenation. <laughs> yeah, it's a real word. I don't believe it's actually hyphenated, though. So just, you know... Oh, is it just one word? I believe uh, it's just one word, there, yes. there goes my grammar school. All right. Mm, gotcha. All right. Can well, actually just be outfoxed bullshit refereeing? Say past tense. Okay, Dan. Thank well, you. huge shout out to Ian, Brandon, Jacob, Ryan. That is Brandon from the trip. Uh, he, I helped him get signed up on Patreon. So welcome to Discord. All sunshine and rainbows at all times. Uh, Apple Podcasts, huge shout out to Kamuna uh, Rojo from the United States, G-Man CFC1 from the UK, and Sid K from Down Under in Australia, and Martin Serve, also from the U.S. So, again, love that we can shout out names. Unfortunately, with Spotify, uh, we can't see names, but we do appreciate the five-star rating. Again, helps us climb the charts, helps us be seen, uh, helps us get suggested to other Chelsea fans. Can I do a shameless plug for the underdogs here? Is that okay? Woof, woof, woof. You know that Ted Lasso's coming out with, uh, with Season 3, Episode 1 this week. Uh, do your best to avoid spoilers because they're all over the internet. I, I nearly got caught by one and karate chopped it away. Uh, but if you want to listen to our Ted Lasso watch-along podcast called The Underdogs, uh, most of the first two seasons are out. We're, we're figuring out the, the end of, of Season 2 right now. That's why you don't see uh, 10 through 12 there. But uh, if you would be so kind to go listen, rate, review, that would be utterly fantastic. Uh, we've created social accounts as well at Pod Underdogs. You can find the underdogs on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your shows. So thank you for all the support so far. We appreciate it. And let's let's keep it rolling. Yeah. If not that I'll jump in season three and take the ride with this. Look, we did the season three preview from the Crown and Anchor Pub. We went there in oh. Richmond and uh, recorded live from there. So An it's absolute delight. Pretty, pretty freaking cool. So, uh, all right. Well, here we go. Match review time. Leicester City were the opponents this past uh, 11th of March in the Premier League at the King Power Stadium. In case you missed it, Leicester City won, Chelsea three. Could have been more. Thanks, VAR. Thanks, refereeing. Goals coming from Chili B in the 11th minute. Dhaka, 39th. Kai Havertz, uh, Kung Fu Flying in the 45th, plus six. And Kovacic, the volley master in the 78th minute. So again, huge shout out to Chelsea FC. Go download the fifth stand up. The only official app from Chelsea. All the highlights interviews break there. They're going to let us run the highlights. So thank you, and we'll be right back. Koulibaly hit. Chilwell on the volley. Yeah! There you go. Supreme Ben Chilwell. They're not booing him now, or if they are, it's drowned out by the Chelsea cheers. He's whipped it. Oh, goodness me, that's close. Took a flick off someone, I think, in the middle there, Clive. He's offside, isn't he? Not yet. Felix. Ah, uh, off the post again. Shoot, they say. Big deflection on the Dewsbury Hall shot, and that's it, the woodwork too. Felix, just biting off more than he could chew. Look out, Dakar! 
That is a great hit. Leicester a level. Inacho for Ricardo. Goal side of Cucurera again. Madison. Danger. Good stop, Kepper. Little scoop. Oh, it's a beauty for Havertz. Yes. I think he's onside this time. Gorgeous. Look at that six-yard box, and it comes from Chilwell. Wesley Fafana. Nacho laying it back, and Dewsbury Hall. Kepper came. Look out, Castagna. There's no one on the goal line. Shoot, said the fans to Ricardo. Harvey Barnes. Oh, it should be a goal. Dewsbury Hall. Thank goodness. Out face with him. Good ball, Havertz. Mudrick cushioning it. Yes! Captain Kovacic buries it. Chelsea have the cushion. 3-1. Look at the score sheet, Leicester fans, and that's all he needs to say. Oh, oh that's a poor challenge again. Oh, he's off. God, don't you guys just love a good positive little highlight match review? <laughs> It's it's been a while, man. I mean, it's these last three matches have been they're in fine uh, fun. form now. They're 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 as good as the team is right now. You know, they're they're really just clicking on all cylinders. And we didn't plug them in while we were abroad, so like we're back at it again, which is nice. So, uh, Danielson, throw in the lineup. I see you've completely migrated us off of Google lineups onto Sofa Score. For lineups, we typically we typically use the Premier League website, but look, the stuff sort one's nice. Not, so I like the interface. Not when I'm doing the scripts. It's it's Google all the way, baby. Oh, I'm you know I'm happy for you. Anyway, you. I'm also happy that Kepa Blago was between the sticks and was Wesley Fofana, Kaladu Koulibaly, and Mark Kukurea. That's right, a back three again. Back three is back on the menu. Ruben Loftus Cheek and Ben Chilwell were your wing backs with Mateo Kovacic. And Enzo Fernandez, as we talked about earlier, in the middle, along with Kai Havertz, Mikhailo Mudrik, and then Joao Felix up front in the attack. And look, uh, we did have some substitutes used. Uh, in fact, we uh, we decided we'd use all five today. Kind of rare, rare performance there. Uh, Connor Gallagher came in uh, first, uh, right after half for Joao Felix, and then it was a double sub of Christian Pulisic and uh, Trev Chalaba, and then Benoit Badiashile and Chuck Wameka getting an opportunity to come in as well, uh, and then just uh, a few players unused. Can can I just say how have we not done back threes back all right? You know, I mean it's it's just it's been sitting right in front of us the entire time. And there you go, you just did, Jake. We need to put that over some just spicy tunes and make that. He's a real waiting thing. for you to drop a little. A little just, serenade to the audience. Yeah, you know what, Jake? We're going to work on that because uh, it's it's working for us right now, for sure. You can, you can right. bust it out. <laughs> um, okay, some of the top-line stats from this. Uh, Chelsea uh, eking it out with 51% possession. Uh, we had 12 shots, six on target. Uh, three were off and three were blocked. Luster had 17 shots, seven on target. Busy day for Kepa. They had four off target and six blocked shots, which is a good day from the defense. Uh, we had 11 fouls there, 10. Little, took a while. We had two cautions early on. Uh, finally, Luster got there, three. Ended up getting a second for a red card. Uh, we had two big chances. Only missed one of them. Lester had three and missed all three while we all uh, hit the woodwork. Um, other than that, yeah, I think we'll uh, we'll kind of leave it there. So um, one random stat. Were, were there any 
Were there any other red cards besides the one for, for Lester? Oh, we'll, get, we'll get to that in a second. We'll get to that in a second. Just, You're skipping I'm, ahead. I, no, I'm just curious. Technically, no. Hmm. Uh, one random stat. Dan, what have you got? I had to improvise here, but I, I was one the number of times Kai Havertz was kicked in the chest and didn't end up burning a foul. Hmm. It's one random stat from the game. Yeah, look. Interesting. Amarte obviously has history. Um with Chelsea when he threw down the banner after that fake cup match, yada, yada. No, nobody teaches that technique where you fully straighten your leg when you're kicking That's... in the air. It's risk of injury. It's unnatural. Like, you have to make the effort. If anything, Nick, you usually see players will kick their leg up and then retract back in order to actually protect themselves and help them land uh, in a better spot. Amarte, absolute just jerk. Uh, knew what he was doing. Mariner was fucking drowning in this game. Yeah, no, th- this is the the game is past Mariner by. Uh, this is not the first time this season where he's he's been atrocious. The whole refereeing core has been pretty bad. I think if you look at Michael Oliver being the best of the bunch, you know, like three years ago that would have been unthinkable, and now like that's kind of where we are. And the real the real concern here um, is that you know. The stamp on Felix's uh, shin, not his ankle, as the commentary said at the beginning, and the as kick if that to the matters, chest. by the way. <laughs> it, it, well, it doesn't, and we know it doesn't because Joao Felix was given a red card for a very similar foul, right? So we we know what the standard is, and I think we were all expecting that standard to be upheld, except for the fact that, of course, we were stupid and we forgot that it was early in the game, so you can't give a red card. So that's on me. Um, it's it's gonna get someone fucking hurt, man. I, I like we are lucky that Kai didn't have a more serious injury, because we know any sort of blunt force to the chest. We saw this in in the NFL game in in the winter, right? Like, can be really bad. Like, it can cause cardiac arrest. It can break ribs. It can do a lot of shit. And it's just inexplicable how that was not looked at more. How it wasn't given as a red card it wasn't given as a fucking foul in the first place you can't be refereeing if you don't see that stuff sorry well and everyone's complicit and look when you leave your feet you assume risk and you're still responsible for your body and said action so even if he did jump and high kicked like that's on you you took that risk kai played it differently and you're wrong and and by the way, he Andre Mariner was on, was on the VAR today for United uh, against Southampton. How'd that go? Uh, oh. it didn't go well, Dan. <laughs> so it's it's just uh, it's a fucking yeah. shambles, man. Yeah. Like I know we talk about refereeing a lot. I know we talk about missed calls a lot. This is like beyond missed calls. This is endangering player safety. And if you're not up for the job, step out of the ring. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, we I was tweeting some people about it, but I did just say that it's too you know, I know I'm like beyond Chelsea, the refereeing is actually like making me want to watch less Premier League football this season. Uh, it's to the point where it's a massive liability for the league as well, even just like people watching it because it's so bad and it constantly interjects itself that it, it just steals the ins- excitement and enjoyment from it. So uh the FA, the PGML, they have to like bury it from bottom to top, like who came in like midway through and he's already out again? The um, Mike Dean. 
Mike Dean. He he was brought in to be in charge of it, and I'm pretty sure he's already out. Like they, well, they How, Howard Webb is in charge of it now. So, but, but look, you've already had two changes right in this season, and it is bad news bears. So they have to figure something out. But we'll go ahead and focus on the game from here on out. But uh, obviously, refereeing uh, all weekend yet again is a massive talking point amongst many many fans. So uh, we're gonna take our ad break. When we are back, we're jumping right into how the Foxes could not foil our form. Thank you to the sponsors. Bet you didn't see this coming. Hope you're ready to hear editor Jake's voice for a while in the ads. <laughs> this time we're coming with Shady Rays. Kick off the new year with new gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized shades, customizable snow goggles, and more. Shady Rays is a world-class sunglasses company independently built that'll have you thinking you're wearing some of the world's top brands that you already know with durable frames and extremely clear optics. Not only clear optics, but clear ethics as well, having donated over 20 million meals to fight hunger with Feeding America. Something that we have done at London's Blue Podcast. So, and if you're worried you won't like your pair, they will exchange it, they'll give you a new pair, or you can return them for free within 30 days. And if you're worried you might break them, Thanks to Lost and Broken Replacements, you can get a replacement pair, no questions asked, anytime. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out the best deal of the new year. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code LONDONISBLUE, all one word, all caps, for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. That's right, LONDONISBLUE, all caps, spelled just like the podcast, you know, the podcast you're listening to right now, you can see it in the title. All caps, one word, 50% off, two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try it out for yourself. The Shades rated five stars by over 200,000 people. All right. So, uh, big question. Is this a sustained run of form? Is this a dynasty? No, wrong question. Okay. I, look, I, you know, I think Dan would be open to having that conversation. <laughs> the fact you opened probably, that door, Nick. Probably. A little probably surprising. Uh, so... Obviously, beat Leeds, beat Dortmund, beat Leicester. Uh, I've got a good run, right? Everton, Villa, before Liverpool. The the back three seems to be the most obvious change that is working, Dan, because we've still had players come and go. Uh, we've still had maybe not the best form. I would give Joao a pass on the Leicester game. He wasn't great. But when you take that big of a tackle three minutes into the game and he took a couple more throughout the game – the fact he made it to half is is kind of impressive. Like, he just had a rough day out. So put that aside. Back three seems to be the recipe for success, at least for this season. Yes. 1,000% yes. Please do not. Should we make a shirt? Experiment. Three ATB. Back three's back. All right. We already made back it three. earlier. Yeah, We're- yeah. So we, we, we talked about it. It's a Backstreet Boys reference. We just get, get with the program. All right, Everybody. Jordan, Jordan yeah. design coming your way. <laughs> <laughs> Look, no, I think it's been a really good change, and I think what's been nice to see is this is a back three without a player that you would argue has been our best center back for the last multitude of seasons, and Thiago Silva, who we're seeing – Instagram video reels of him doing his leg compression and getting ready as quickly as he can to come back into the side. But this is with Kagrea coming into the left center back role, who had been out for a sustained period after having a lot of inconsistent performances and putting you can in. say bad. They were bad. Uh, I mean, bad, yes. be, be real about it, but yeah. not the last two. 
And the last two have been stellar. Kulbali, who many of us were wondering, or asking a question at least, of like, hey, is he gonna be able to acclimatize the Premier League? Turns out it was a little bit of a longer ramp, but he's finding his way, and he's assisting from the left side of the pitch for a goal, which is exactly what everybody anticipated. And Fafana is back healthy now, and you've got this combination, uh, you know, uh, previously in the last match with Reese James and this match with Ruben Loftus-Cheek, where there's some strong combination play that's happening in that back three, Nick. And I think in general, we have the players to excel with it. It suits the way that we want to play and allows us to be aggressive with the wingbacks again, which is opening up more attacking opportunities, which is what Chelsea, yeah, good attacking opportunities. But maybe I would say it that way. No Reese in this one, no Mason in this one, you know, obviously, as you mentioned, Silva out, um, no Sterling in this one. Right. So those are some big players that were not available to us. You think about the back five and its various combinations of wing backs and, and kind of outside center backs. Fafana is really starting to play well. Uh, I mean, he looked really shaky against Leeds in the first half and then has, has kind of worked it out after being out for a long time. Uh, you know, either Batty Shield or Kukurea, whatever, is, is playing really good on the left hand side. Koulibaly stood out to me in this one. I mean, I think he's really adopted that center role. He's able to to do kind of some unique pressing up, Brandon, but he's really been dominant in the air on set pieces, which we know that we need to work out defensively. And then you have the two wingbacks who on their day, I think, are, are best in class. You know, one is probably best in the world of what he does, and the, the other is pretty damn good uh, and, and got a goal in this one from the opposite side. <laughs> after taking down a ridiculous volley from our own center back who did the squiggly legs and then cross. So, right. I just watched it back. Kula Bali had the assist. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, man. Like, so, he did, the, that was he did wild. the cross and then bam. Not only that, Kula Bali character energy from Kula Bali this match. Kula Bali was on the left side, crossing it to the far back, back, back post on the right side. And she was there to meet it. You, you're not telling me that grandpa Potter didn't draw that up. Exactly as planned. Oh my gosh, chaos ensues and we score. I had to pause it and go, wait, 26. I'm like, is that our 26? Now, now I, I would say this. like, I don't think we had a brilliant defensive day <laughs> against Leicester City. But again, it's showing some, some passing patterns and defensive solidity that we just didn't really see yeah. uh, in the back four. And I think this just, again, it just is where we are like there's time in the future whether it be two years from now or whatever to work on like what future Chelsea looks like if it's a 4-3-3 or whatever yeah. but now is not that time not when you need results and we're getting results in this back three stroke five so I'm I'm all in yeah so defense looks good obviously gave up the goal a little bit shaky whatever um the wingbacks even Ruben slotting back out there again like didn't hurt us that's for sure um what I noticed the biggest difference was the midfielders and even center backs looking to play sometimes potentially risky passes, but they're line-breaking passes. And if you think about Dortmund and now Leicester, how many offsides goals have we scored? Four, five? I would much rather have this team playing on the back shoulder of defenders, 
trying to hit that 20, 30 yard gap, letting players run in. It forces defenders to come out, uh, forces goalkeepers to come out. We saw the Dortmund keeper have to come out to the very top of his box and, and Raheem had him in no man's land, didn't score unfortunately. But this is the front foot football we want to see from this team. Yeah. The midfielders are constantly looking forward. Uh, shout out to Sam, CFC Central. He put out the thread that says, look, Kai isn't really leading the line. He's actually dropping in to kind of receive that first pass. And whether it's Mudrick, Sterling, uh, Felix, they're the ones hitting the gaps in after he lays off to Kova or Enzo, and then they're slotting through. I'm I'm so much happier because even during the drought of runs and points, like we weren't playing anything like that at all. And I don't know what's changed. Like I don't know what Potter's done in training. I don't know what the players have talked about. All I know is that the team that we saw from Dortmund and Leicester is the team that we saw when we went on that big run earlier in the season under Potter. They were aggressive. Uh, they played on the front foot. And they were taking risks. And if this is how the team's going to end out the season, might be onto something. I mean, I think so. I mean, we'll talk about Mojok here in, in a bit. But, you know, even taking the Sterling example from, from Dortmund, right? Like, he's a threat in behind. He's quicker than a center back, which means they have to play him differently than they would someone who's like a target man, Dan, who who is a little, maybe a little more slow or plotting or whatever. And, you know, I, I think one of Kai's strengths, you know, we know he's not a number nine. That's not what he does best. He's like a second striker, or number 10, is that he can make really critical passes in the final third. And he's found... Felix multiple times over the last few matches in dangerous space, right? Now, we need Joe out to finish these chances, you know, as, as we haven't really seen him do. But other than that, yeah, I'm all in on that sort of like drop back false nine style for, for Kai because I think it fits him. Yeah. So let's talk about uh, Cobra Kai a little bit. He's not had a great season. Frustrated the fans a lot at times. Um, and... You know, I think a lot of questions about him, but he has been absolutely crucial. He's become the de facto striker. We've done a lot of different things this season. And for whatever reason, he is just succeeding, Dan, while the team's in a good run of form. And maybe it's one of those things where you say, look, Kai wasn't the only one not playing well. A lot of people were not playing well. So it's hard for him to be the, the it's it's hard for a striker to be a standout when no one else around them is really doing a good job. He is now flexible, versatile in attack. He's scoring goals, he's creating goals, and the favorite part about it, I think for most of the fans, is it his shit housing all over the pitch as well. He's got a confidence and an air of arrogance around him right now that when it's good, you you like it. When it's not good, it's annoying because it seems like he's distracted by it. I just really hope a hard kick to the chest is not his reset button to do the system reboot that gets him to where he needs to be, potentially at the start of the match in terms of the way he engages, the way he drops back in. I mean, it's both with Sterling and now um, Mudrick in this match. You know, He really was benefiting, again, from that second striker role and we talked about sam mentioning it but also you know one of the things that he did at leverkusen that worked out extremely well for him and at this point in the season he's 
Uh, not played in as many matches, so he's playing 25 Premier League matches this season, 29 total last season, uh, still the same number of starts at 22, uh, more minutes, uh, 1888 to 1809 last season. So he's at seven goal and assist contributions, uh, six goals, one assist to the 11 from last season, with plenty of time staying healthy to likely hit his best return for Chelsea in a Premier League season. And that's after, and we could just say, for there's a lot of leniency that we would have, Nick, for the earlier parts of the season where it just wasn't working for anybody. And so I think there is a little bit of numbers that you have to work back out. But if he can help contribute the way he did, you know, just as a you know attacking contributor against Dortmund. And now what he's doing in the Premier League, which is also scoring <laughs> scoring an incredible goal to over the top from Enzo with one of the sexiest assists we've seen in quite some time uh, from any player in a Chelsea shirt. This is portending well for this run that Chelsea need to go on to because mathematically, mathematically, top four is not gone and anything is up for grabs in the Champions League. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to go there, obviously, because that is just of not my style. But I, I do, I do think the uh, I, the 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 breaks that we go on, right? Chelsea hasn't had dominant possession in any of these last three matches, right? We we've, we've been fifty percent roughly, so we're giving our opponents a lot of ball. And uh, one thing I would say is that our breaks in the past have been really bad. Um, this season in particular, they've not been well executed. You don't know where the other, the other, your other attacking players are running or fullbacks are running. And I would say that as, as Kai is dropping deeper to receive the ball, Brandon, what you're seeing is, is the world of passing options open up quite a bit, right? Uh, he's not just passing, you know, into, you know, passing backwards or passing to someone else like Jorginho to, to make the pass forward. He's looking for the runs in behind of Mudrick or Sterling or pick an attacking option that you like the best. I mean, Lord knows what we're going to do with all of them, Felix as well. But I, I I like this as a strategy because it brings out some of the slower center backs or even defensive midfielders, and it clears out space for guys that we know are fast enough to get in behind. And, you know, you'd put your money on Raheem Sterling finishing one-on-one -on -one with the goalkeeper more often than not. Yeah, Dortmund did it with um I just had his name, the guy. Sula. The guy who overcame cancer. Uh was it was at West Ham for a hot Sebastian minute? Sebastian Haller. Haller. Yeah. He was pulling Koulibaly deep into the midfield. Like their goalkeeper is actually hitting short goal kicks on purpose to suck him up. And Koulibaly mm -hmm. was struggling. Do I go all the way or do I let it go? And he was 50-50. It's just the same thing, right? Like uh, you know, Kai he doesn't really like the challenge for the high ball, but they know they have to chase him. And so, you know, he can pull. He can he can pull and shift the positioning of those defenders. What, what this also does, though, and I think this is really important, as we saw on the, on the goal that he scored, is he then has the option to become a late runner, right? Because he's been picked up and there's balls, the ball goes in behind or it goes out wide or whatever, he then can make kind of the slower second run to be in the box a little bit later. Because the center back is straight lining it as far back as they can. Exactly. And, and it, it means that they aren't always, you know, on the, on the clock mentally 
to pick him up, right? So he had, he had a lot more free space, obviously, on the goal because he made the right run at the right time. And, of course, that ice cream scoop dime assist was just a beaut, an absolute beaut. But the finish was equally good. Ice cream dime? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was really it was really uh, beautiful stuff to watch. So, I mean, I, I just hope he has so much potential, right? We've, we've been saying this for years. Scores the winner, has... One patch of good form all of last season has not been very good this season. I think Dan's comment that no one's been very good is accurate. Um, so it's tough to judge as one part of that. But I really just hope he starts to play to his potential. And if, if this system is the thing that works out for him, right, that makes him more dangerous, then you figure out how to put the pieces around him to make it all work. I mean, that's what Potter's job is. Yeah. So may, maybe they found something here. I don't know. Yeah, to be floating in the air and to deftly touch that ball up and over knowing that you have to get over the goalkeeper which in hindsight he was completely rooted to the ground uh Love and the photo oh, the Danny so Ward yeah. is a terrible goalkeeper <laughs> yes very bad from a Premier League standard he is not at the bar which is why Leicester are championship level they're down there they are down there. so. Oh, but it, you have to get over him under the bar. Correct. Not easy to do from where he was. While running. Yeah, anyway. So really, really good finish. Uh, and again, um, you know, I, I think that uh, the willingness from the, the wing backs and even the center, the center backs um, to play into him, we saw a lot of success. He, he can hold the ball under pressure. Uh, we saw like his little Cruyff uh, split in the Champions League night. Like he he's finding form. Just to just to put a point on it, we just need to see this for the rest of the season. Like Kai, lead this team into Europa League, and we'll be in a good spot. But yeah, a little bit of consistency is good. I can't. No, see- no, 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 no. Lead us into winning the Champions League. This is- well, yes, up the table into the Champions League final for sure. Um, I'm thinking more domestically, but I totally understand where you're at. Um, that would be a big one. If he essentially scored, anyways, I'm not going to even put that out there yet. One round at a time. <laughs> Score Scores twice in Champions League finals for Chelsea. Two game winners. That would be absolutely Legendary. Epic. Epic. All right. Um, shout out to Kai. Uh, bring it home. Show us a good, good run. Uh, and we'll never leave your side. So anyways, uh, we're going to take our last ad break. And we're back talking about Mujic and what he's got to offer. So thank you to the sponsors. All right, Mikalo time. Showing promise. Look, I was kind of surprised you put this in here, Dan. A lot of people were unhappy with him. I think a lot of people felt like he didn't offer a lot. I think a lot of people felt like playing centrally wasn't his best position. He's much better out on the left, more comfortable. But Potter saying, hey, Raheem's out. You know, other guys are out. This is your chance. We need you to play here. Uh, he grew into the game, obviously got an assist. Uh, if Kovacic just would have played the ball two pat touches earlier, he would have been in alone on goal and probably would have scored. Um, so obviously there's a lot of conversation about him. What did you see that uh, wanted you, one, it met, puts you to put him in the script? Well, first, I just wanted to, I want to highlight the celebration because I know that he got a lot of stick for it afterwards. Check me on YouTube. But- I'm doing it was a phenomenal Drogba-esque celebration on that goal. And I was super gutted for him after the fact that 
it was ruled to not be a goal. Uh, got to take a little glance over my guy. <laughs> you got you, you you to check. You got to just but do a quick one. Also, after getting a ton of crap, this team being the way it was you know, for a period of time, I, I can understand why this was like a pressure release moment for, for him and other players in the team to have that. It sucks to have it stripped away. <laughs> I'm glad he came back with the assist because I think having some type of goal contribution was essential to putting him in the direction of really starting his run at Chelsea, starting to find a place in the attack, starting to find an opportunity. I think this was interesting to me, though, Nick, because we heard Graham Potter talk in midweek about how this has really been like a preseason for Mudrick, that he's been working himself into form, that just... To me, this is both about Mikhailo Mudrik and about Graham Potter and the way that he's handling some of these situations where players maybe aren't ready, haven't been informed. I think we've kind of questioned like, hey, why aren't we just betting them in? We've got new players here. We have individuals who are going to be here next year who, uh, and then others who aren't, like Medueke and, and Ziyech we've talked about. And maybe this is where Potter is showing us that he has a very good understanding of getting these players up, getting them prepared, getting them bedded in appropriately. And while me may not love it all the time as supporters, the way with Kukurea and now with Mudrik, again, not his best performance, but showed enough glimpses and flashes, I think, to get you excited for about where he can head with some more time, more preparation, and just more acclimatization to the Premier League. Yeah, I, I watched this game twice because I was on the flight during it. So I watched it on Saturday when I got home. Then I watched it today just to make sure I could see his performance again in particular because there was so much chatter about it yesterday. I came away from his first half, you know, thinking it was like a 6 out of 10. You know, I think he at times tried to do too much and at times didn't do enough. Um, and I think was really struggling to find himself in the game. There were a couple of moments, I don't know if you guys picked up on this, where, where Kai and him were in like visible argument about like where he was supposed to be on the, on the pitch, and I think it's just probably the not knowing you know, very well this new role that, that Potter's trying to, to deploy, which is you know, Kai deeper and the, and the fast guys kind of up top. Um, so I think he struggled a little bit there, but I, I do think that his second half, it, you know, until he was brought off, you know, I think what was the 80th minute or so, um, I think his second half was a lot better. Um, I, I think my initial take was that his performance wasn't very good yesterday. And then when I watched it back today, I probably bumped him up to like a 7.5. You know, I, I don't think he's the finished article in the final third yet. Um, I think he's really struggling to find his footing there. Um, but I I looked at the the, the little sequence, Brandon, where uh, he should have had the hockey assist, where he you know drove the ball through the midfield, got it up to Ruben. Ruben makes the perfect pass across. Felix is is not onside for unexplicably. I don't know what he was doing, and th that should be like a repeatable goal pattern. Like Mudrick did everything right there and then, you know, was let down by, you know, an offsides goal. And 
I think that is unfortunate, but it, it kind of made it reframed his performance for me a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, raw talent, ton of potential. Um, you know, anytime he has thirty yards, playing to space, he is so fast. I mean, he is just uh, a FIFA sweat in that sense, right? Um, and I, you know, the the guys just have to pick their head up and see it as as early as they can. Um, it's good to hear that the you know I think we saw a lot of Matawake, a lot of Mudrik. Uh, obviously, we've seen a lot of Batty Shield, but he has settled in quite well. Um, a lot of our our summer or winter signings get thrown in, and I think Potter's now starting to like pull back on that a little bit. And I think that kind of goes into both your guys' point and saying maybe he felt like that wasn't the best way to bed them in. Maybe it was setting them up for failure. And now he's going to slowly start to sprinkle in their appearances and things and rotate cautiously so that they will be set up a little bit more for success. This is ideally what you do with a signing like this, by the way. Like, take out the shit season, the shit situation injury-wise that we've been in this year. This is what we do. You know, this is what we should do with with players. You shouldn't chuck them right in. You know, it doesn't make any fucking sense, to be honest. I think, you know, we were... A little victims of circumstance when when all these guys were brought in and, and played right away but but i think this is the right thing to do and i think for for everyone who is like panicking about when mudrick is going to play or whatever right now is all about getting a result in any fucking way possible it is not about player development like you have a whole off season to do that um what you need to do right now is get a one more goal than your opponent and in whatever way that is going to happen, that is Graham Potter's job through the end of the season. Um, you know, ideally you can walk and chew gum, right? Ideally you're, you're developing these guys on the training pitch and you're developing systems on the training pitch. And because we're not in the FA cup or whatever, we don't have as many matches. We don't play for another full week. So you get another full week of training here to, to get ready. But I, I just, I look at this Dan as like a guy who is going to probably take some time to bet in, uh, along with Matawake, along with some of these other signings that we made, Chuck Wameka, all these other guys that are young, hungry, and and just not the finished article. And I think they might struggle to play over someone seen as more of a sure thing right now, like Raheem Sterling or Christian Pulisic or, you know, Havertz or Felix, you know, these guys who are a little bit more established just because of where we are in in the math. When everything is still a possibility, it's trying to figure out the best situation to put you there. And again, we're matches away, potentially this coming weekend, from Ingola Conte coming back into the side, maybe for a cameo. Like, we're starting to hit the best point of the season with players being healthy, with fitness not being guaranteed, but at least being protected for players. And that is a very exciting prospect when you consider only Liverpool has lost more days to injury for their players this season than Chelsea have. Uh, it's, it's also a selection thing now, right? When everyone's injured... <laughs> It, it team kind of picks itself, right? Because you only have so many available players and so many available bench players. But if N'Golo Conte comes back into this midfield for the last two months of the season, he's a starter. <laughs> like, oh yeah, he's he's the world's best midfielder. And by the wait, way, wait, wait. 
are you saying Conte is good enough to start in the midfield? I, I think he will start, Dan. Thanks for asking. That's a fair assessment. Um, I, I, I mean, then you have Kovacic playing some of his better ball over the last few matches. You have Enzo Fernandez starting to heat up. You have Connor Gallagher, who I think, you know, we didn't have listed here, but I thought played, who's our best player in the second half. I thought he was fucking tremendous, not only doing the hard grifting stuff, but had a couple pops at goal, had a really great pass in that could have been converted for a goal. Like he was doing some of the dirty work, but he was also producing offensively. Uh, Mason yet to come back into the team, you know, figuring out what this front three looks like. It, these these headaches that Potter has potentially with with a fully fully fit squad with the last Infinity Stone and, and Golo Conte to get back on the team, Reese back in, like all these things, like it's not going to be easy. And like part of the charm that he has to work now is how to keep a guy like Mudrik, who's been bought for big big money, who's not the finished article, happy. Right. Gave him 80 minutes this week. And I think, you know, again, I would give him like a 7.5. I think he played very admirably just given the circumstance. Not quite there yet, but but decent enough. We haven't seen Matawake in three or four matches. Right. He'll probably give him a run out too. Um, Pulisic probably gets a run out too. Like it, it's going to be fascinating to see his like team assembly i wouldn't even call it selection more of assembly and then figuring out what piece to to kind of fire in. well again going from all right who's healthy how do i build the lineup to a everyone's healthy you got to earn your spot in the lineup that's the ideal state and potter has not had that uh no. even as someone like Aubameyang who hasn't featured he's not even healthy and so um it, it, it definitely has some some issues with that uh look connor gallagher uh was a 7.9 and 8 on foot mob and sofa score respectively and he only played half Right, so um, he was great. He's growing into himself as well, uh, which just goes to to really reinforce what is going for Chelsea, which is which is great. It, it it's going to be a competition for minutes, and that's the best place to be. Uh, Dan, in the match time, who did you have as your top four? Well, look, it was Enzo running away with it as the the match winner for. Uh, again, the ice cream scoop. Is... This is correct, by the way. Well done. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is uh, with 59% of the vote. And then Cobra Kai with 24%. And then it was Benjamin. <laughs> Benjamin Chilwell. Benji. As Nick loves to call him. Dude, that was stone cold. The Selly? Uh, don't the boo me, you motherfuckers. Cold. Yeah, he Bam, didn't, hit you he with didn't the care at all, and they booed him I, I was gonna and say, Wes. I was going to say, if Wes had scored that header, oh, he yeah. would have had the best <laughs> double celebration to ever occur. King Power would have crumbled. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they couldn't put him back together again. Uh, and then um, Tam Kovacic with 8%. So, look, I think Cool Ball was the only other one who I think maybe deserved uh, a shout in here. But, uh, you know, this this felt like the right form. Hey. Great fucking goal from Kovacic, though. At le- I mean, at least great fucking goal. At least we're struggling to get people in here for the right reasons and not the wrong, which we had earlier in the right season. Right reasons. Right reasons. Yeah. All right. Um, so some of the other results from the weekend – um, it's a bit of a boring weekend, kind of, when you looked at results. Uh, I was the first one back from our team, so you guys really didn't miss too much. Um, Everton beating Brentford, I think that was a bit of a surprise, even though it was one nothing. Uh, Spurs over Force 3-1. Uh, Palace held off until like in the 80-some minute penalty 
uh, where City buried it. Uh, West Ham and Villa 1-1 draw. Fulham nil. Arsenal 3 as they continue to run. United red card um, versus Southampton 0-0. And everyone is uh, replying with Casemiro's last three appearances was red card, lost 7-0 to Liverpool, and now another red card. So he's on a, a rough run of form. And then Newcastle being absolutely bailed out by the referees, 2-1 over Wolves. Nick Pope, no reason he should uh, have finished that game and not had a penalty. My God. Absolutely none. And VAR looked at it, so. Hmm. It's not the technology's fault, folks. It's the application of the technology that is really hurting us right now. Yeah. We have a couple of midweek matches as well. Brighton versus Palace and Southampton-Brentford. Uh, so for all of you fantasy geeks, probably matters. But for Chelsea fans, not so much. Um, top four, Arsenal still. 27. So this is where like the matches played starts to get important, right? So as we're 11 games left in the season, 27 matches played by Arsenal. Uh, they're on 66 points. Man City second on 27 played, 61 points. There's a five-point gap. Uh, Manchester United in third on 26 played with 50 points. So it's it's one and two. That's that's settled. RIP to Manchester United's title hopes, uh, February of 2023 to uh, the end of February 2023. It was fun while it lasted. Uh, Spurs <laughs> in fourth. 27 played, 48 points. Newcastle fifth. They or again, they got the three points, but they that's their first win in five. They've been sliding. Uh, they're on 25 games played, so they had to fit two more in over everybody else right now. Uh, on 44 points, Liverpool barely in sixth on 26 played, 42 points. So lost to Bournemouth. Yes, after routing United. So, uh struggle bus for them. Chelsea after getting 6 points in 2 games though, Dan, we are still in 10th with 26 played, 37 points. So that's 5 points between us and Liverpool in 6th. And we are level on games and guess who our game in hand is against? Dun dun dun. Liverpool. Hmm. Fascinating. Any thoughts on the table, Dan, between top four, top six, Chelsea and 10th? Look, it is a difficult uphill climb. But mathematically... There it is. They're still around. Yeah, yeah. And as we've seen from the past couple of Premier League seasons... 11 points is mathematically there? All I'm saying, all I'm saying is at a certain point, it becomes a hot potato that nobody wants. We will gladly take it. I will raise my hand right now on behalf of Todd Bowley... And the rest of the team saying, we will take the fourth place spot if nobody wants it. Don't worry. We will continue doing the Lord's work in the Champions League uh, to help the coefficient. You're welcome. Um, Newcastle's not ready. Liverpool's not ready to go back. United is a is, is a f- <laughs> false operation. Uh, and Tottenham, who knows when Antonio Conte is going to even be there next season. Like, none, none of them. None of them. Get him out of there. Let us just do the thing and get back into Europe and show the Premier League again what it means to take the competition seriously. Uh, thank you for coming to my Dan Talk. You're my, only, my only problem with this, Dan, is either or. Either you're going to whine on us in the Champions League or we're going to climb the table. I don't think you can have both. you got to pick. Why not both? No. Uh, the relegation zone is an absolute disaster. Southampton in 20th place, uh, 26 played, 22 points, 19th. They they really missed a chance to beat United today. I mean, they should have beat United yeah. today. Yeah. I mean, 
Some would also say the referees didn't do them as all. Uh, Leeds, 19, 26 points. Uh, or, sorry, 26 played, 23 points. Bournemouth, 18. Na, 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 26. Leeds are going, going down, down. Going, going down. down. Leeds are going 26 down. played, 24 <laughs> points. And then West Ham are 17th on 24. Leicester are 16th on 24. And Everton are 15th on 25. Forest are 14th on 26. <laughs> Wolves are 13th on 27. Palace are 12th on 27. Literally from 12th down, there's five points, right? From 12th to 18th is three points. Like there are seven teams fighting off relegation. Uh, credit to all the away fans who uh saying we're staying up today. <laughs> I just, I, I, it kills me every time. We love taking the piss out of ourselves, but yeah, next match, Everton at home. Got to put them away. Got to do it. Got to keep the run going, right? I mean, this is a, a clear-cut opportunity before Chelsea get into some of the, the harder matches that we know are coming up to uh, take on a, an opponent that is playing scrappy. Like, admittedly, Everton's been a lot better under Dyche than they were under Lampard, uh, as, as hard as that is to say. But, I mean, if you, if you look at the rest of our matches, April's a shit show. We got Villa, Liverpool, Wolves, Brighton, United, Brentford, Arsenal and uh, Champions in, in League April and Champions League. Yeah. So beat Everton and, and just keep the momentum growing. Keep the confidence growing. One like game that, at a time. We, keep yes. it focused on that. We'll get the Champions League draw later. But anyways, Premier League focus today. That is it from us. Match review done in the books. Three in a row. Potter's got receipts, everybody. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. We turn He's it too around. nice to use them, though. He's too nice. He'll just he'll use them on a on a board in his in his office for motivation or something. Bullies now. Yeah, I know. I uh, I think we had them. I think they're they're stored somewhere. And uh, look, you know, we'll, we'll go back to All them this. if we need to. But uh, you know, we're we're just really focused on uh, on on the situation right now and what we can control. All these Twitter accounts are good lads, you know. Good lads. Oh man! All right. <laughs> they gave it their all. We're here to help you keep some balance in your life as a Chelsea fan. It is not easy, but it is what we are here to do. So uh, anyways, hope you enjoyed it. Lots more content. We're back stateside, buckled up, buckled in. We're here to uh, continue the journey. So again, shout out to everybody who joined us in London. Absolute pleasure. Shout out to Chelsea for continuing to keep the good times rolling after a miserable few months. But here we are back in a good vein let's enjoy it while we can because as we know it's not always guaranteed chelsea fans <sighs> until next time you know what to do keep the blue flag flying high.